0: You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Olin. Titans fans, this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by the Peacock and Williamson podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you a national perspective on all of the latest NFL news. Make sure you check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network every weekday. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. But today on the Locked On Titans podcast, it is a Twitter Tuesday. We are going to focus on some stories, not ripped out of the headlines, but ripped off the timeline. So we are going to start. The Tennessee Titans did make three moves on Monday. They waived three players. So I'm quickly going to tell you who those guys are and why those spots may have been opened. Also, two Tennessee Titans division rivals made big news on Monday with two new signings. I'll tell you which teams made those moves, who those players were, And whether they will affect the matchups against the Tennessee Titans this upcoming season. But then we are going to dive into the main portion of our Twitter Tuesday. And I'm going to be answering your guys' questions. Haven't had a Monday mailbag in quite some time because of all the draft content. So before the schedule comes out later this week and we divert our attention to that do want to make sure that I go back and empty out the social media mailbag want to shout you guys out answer your questions always have a good time doing that so ready to dive into a Twitter Tuesday here on the Locked On Titans podcast let's get it Fans, we are going to kick off this Twitter Tuesday diving into some transactions made in the AFC South. On Monday, but before we do, want to remind you guys quickly that the Locked On Titans podcast is Monday through Friday daily Titans content. You're not going to find that anywhere else. Make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast so you never miss an episode on whatever platform you do stream. But we will start off with the Tennessee Titans moves, and the Titans waved three players on Monday that was tight end Parker Hesse now Parker Hesse has been on the Titans practice squad off and on throughout the last calendar year it's another one of these scenarios like with Kareem or last week where the Titans have seen all they need to see from Parker Hesse they know how much they're going to be able to to develop him and while they wanted to make sure that they had him as a camp body at this point they brought in some undrafted free agents one of note Briley Moore who I'm very interested in and obviously Obviously, the Titans would rather develop him, maybe Jared Pinckney from Vanderbilt as well, uh, Tommy Hudson as well, who is in the same situation as Parker Hesse for much of last year. So to me, this is just another one of those signs that the Titans feel they've squeezed all the juice they possibly can out of this prospect, and they're going to churn the bottom of their roster as they see fit. Another one is Matt Orzek, uh, the long snapper who came in throughout halfway through the year last year, obviously with the Titans bringing in an all pro long snapper and Morgan Cox. They don't need to have uh Oze- uh Orzek in the fold anymore, so it makes sense to let him go. And then finally you have defensive lineman Nate orchard and for the titans they're bringing in hopefully rashad weaver i'm hoping that they still add a veteran edge in free agency so it's the same situation just a guy who's been on the titans practice squad at times they've probably seen all that they need to see and would rather bring in some other players to compete during training camp that they haven't necessarily got to see yet but the two big signings that happened on monday were outside of the tennessee titans building but within their division And number one, early in the day, we got word that the Indianapolis Colts would be signing former number one overall pick Eric Fisher, the left tackle who spent all of his career with the Kansas City Chiefs until he was released this offseason after an Achilles injury in January. So this is interesting for a couple of different reasons. One, since the retirement of left tackle Anthony Costanza, one of the biggest holes on the Colts roster has been that left tackle spot. Having a former number one overall pick and a very talented player in Eric Fisher could obviously work out fantastic for the Indianapolis Colts, but the reality is he did tear his Achilles back in January and reports are that he may not be ready to even get out onto a football field until October. So there's a chance that the Colts don't have this big Big free agent signing to play left tackle until halfway through the year. Now, with the schedule release on the horizon, certainly would be favorable for the Titans to get an early season matchup with the Colts to try to face them before Eric Fisher returns. But either way, interesting. This is a boomer bust signing. Will Fisher come back correct from the Achilles tear? If he does, the Colts have a fantastic left tackle on their hands. But if he doesn't, could spell trouble for Carson Wentz, who has been very much affected by the consistent pressure over his career the next signing is a little more frivolous in my opinion and it comes from our uh, our mates down in Jacksonville Urban Meyer being ridiculous once again and as we've seen Urban Meyer will never shy away from signing a guy just because he knows him not because he deserves it and we got that with the signing of Tim Tebow that's right folks we're not in the time machine a decade ago. No, Tim Tebow at 33 years old, after not playing in the NFL for six straight years, will have a roster spot with the Jags, and they're saying they're just bringing him in to compete during training camp, and who knows, but we all know Urban Meyer is going to get a buddy deal going and get Tim Tebow in his locker room. So, Tebow is not going to play quarterback this time. He's going to play tight end, and If you've seen anything from Tebow trying to mimic tight end skills, I don't quite necessarily see how that's going to work out, but... If Tebow had any good game whatsoever, you know it would come against the Titans. So don't want to hate on the signing too much. I was a a pro-Tebow guy. I really enjoyed him when he was in the NFL. And I feel if a team gave him the chance that the Ravens gave to Lamar Jackson, Tebow could have been a successful quarterback. But I understand his limitations. I understand that it's hard to go out on a limb as an NFL coach when you don't know if you're going to have this opportunity again and, and take your shot on revolutionizing what the NFL does by going with a guy like Tebow. So I get what happened, but we will be interesting to see if he's able to convert to tight end at his age. uh, At this stage of his career, I don't necessarily see it, but uh, never going to shy away Urban Meyer down there in in Florida uh, doing something crazy and hiring a guy just based on our relationship. So two big signings that kind of dominated social media for the day. The Fisher signing much more relevant to me, even though Fisher will be out probably half of the season. Either way, I don't think either of the Titans' division rivals got significantly better immediately with either of these signings, but we are going to continue this Twitter Tuesday. I'm going to answer some of your guys' questions that you sent in to me, give you guys some shout-outs along with that as well. Now, before we get into that, do want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. We got baseball season in full swing, NHL in full swing. NBA is about to go into the playoffs. We have a ton of MMA and UFC events throughout the summer. Make sure before the next pitch that you head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And speaking of that, if you head to BetOnline.ag today on their website or use your mobile device, sign up for free using promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. You'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts we are going to continue this twitter tuesday by diving into the questions you guys sent to me on social media. A few of these are from, uh, you know, a few weeks ago or so, so some of them are kind of about the draft, kind of about philosophy, but I'll make sure to, uh, to mold them in a way that makes sense still giving you guys some good answers. So let's go ahead and dive in. The first question that I have here is from my boy, uh, Dumbar Dickie. He says, mailbag question. If this draft turns out better for the team's picks in terms of results, what does that mean for the combine? Less emphasis on jumping and 40 times and more on in-game performance? Well, here's what I would say. John Robinson, as a general manager, has always, always leaned towards college production. He wants players that were productive in college, not guys who you have to project out on the field. He wants to see what you're made of while you're playing in college, not just have to think of a guy like Jason Owe, the edge rusher from Penn State, had zero sacks last year but got taken in the first round. People are projecting what he could be in the NFL. That's not really a John Robinson move he tried to do that with Isaiah Wilson. But even Isaiah Wilson had good college tape out there and was productive. So John Robinson always focuses on that. But I think my big takeaway here is John Robinson going forward is going to focus on in-person interactions. So obviously the Titans got bamboozled a little bit by Zoom meetings last year. It's something John Robinson has even admitted in his own words. So this year we saw you know, a backlash to that. Six of the eight Titans draft picks the Titans had one-on-one in-person contact with at the Senior Bowl. So I think what we learned here, the biggest takeaway, is that the Titans draft process going forward, by default, will focus on in-person interactions with the team if you have two players and they're closely ranked but the Titans have had an in-person conversation with one of those players I think that person will always take the cake for the Titans going forward as they try to avoid another Isaiah Wilson situation so that's what my my biggest takeaway here is from the Titans changes to their draft process going forward the next question that I have here is from Ron G Titan and it's a question about Christian Fulton he said what are your thoughts on Christian Fulton finally playing the outside corner position like he should have been last season. Um, Hopefully he gets a chance. Caleb Farley is more of an outside corner as well. So at some point, if you want to have your three best cornerbacks, Farley, Fulton, and Janoris Jenkins, Jackrabbit on the field, one of those guys is going to have to play inside. And in my opinion, the one best suited for it early on is going to be Christian Fulton. So he's just going to have to learn to play both roles. It's not going to be a perfect situation for him, but the cream rises to the crop. And I believe that if Christian Fulton is the player that we all hope he is, he'll be able to have success, whether that be inside or inside or outside, and then long-term, I see him as an outside corner, and someone like Elijah Molden maybe being that inside guy for the Titans, but Fulton's going to have to play inside if he wants to see the field if Caleb Farley is healthy, because Farley is a more talented player, a first-round draft pick. The Titans are going to do whatever they can to make Caleb Farley successful next question from my guy Gary Kester who uh, makes content over at Lakers outsiders I know there's a lot of Titans Lakers crossover in the fan base if you guys are Lakers fans make sure to check out Gary's podcast and content at Lakers outsiders but he said uh, yo Tic Tac Titans couple questions for the pod how do you feel about the safety position right now feels like they could benefit from adding a guy that fills Vaccaro's role of playing more in the box who would you replace his role with or can Bayard and Hooker coexist well one I do think Bayard and Hooker can coexist I'm happy about that pairing but I think it's time for Kevin Bayard to transition from what we thought of as a deep free safety to more of that Kenny Vaccaro role himself so in my mind a guy like Elijah Molden can play some safety like what Amani Hooker was doing last year basically in my mind Kevin Byard can become Kenny Vaccaro Elijah Molden can become what Kevin Byard was doing last year situationally and then Amani Hooker can keep playing that third safety role in the diamond package where he plays free safety so to me Amani Hooker can be the full-time free safety and Kevin Byard can be the full-time strong safety in the Titans base defense when they only have two safeties out on the field now the Titans play a, a scheme versatile defense it's not like your Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, one guy up, one guy back situation. Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard both are going to have opportunities to play deep free safety, to play strong safety, hook zones up in the box, to come down and play and run defense. So to me, that's not as big of an issue, whether it's free safety, strong safety, but Hooker and Byard can play together. I think in those three safety sets, though, you could see Amani Hooker continuing to play that deep free safety, deep field uh, single high safety because he's the best safety the Titans have at that. Kevin Byard and Elijah Molden can play those two other safeties that are closer to the line of scrimmage and I think Kevin Byard will make that transition over the next few seasons from being a guy you want in the back end to being a guy who can play sub package linebacker who can play slot cornerback in a sub package and a diamond package and things like that and get Kevin Byard working Towards the line of scrimmage rather than going away from it, which I think is something that a money hooker could do very well So very happy about what the titans have at safety right now with elijah molden who is a cornerback But also can fill some safety duties for the titans. So excited about that versatility there The next question I have is from alberto. He says what is the best and worst case scenario in the weaver situation? Okay, well depends on who you are Are you a Titans fan or are you Rashad Weaver? Because that could go two different ways. The worst case scenario is the guy's guilty. Uh, He assaulted his girlfriend or some girl at the bar. Either way, he assaulted a woman. And the Titans are going to have to cut bait with him before he ever even plays on the field. And the Titans completely wasted uh, a fifth round draft pick at a position that they do need some depth reinforcements out of edge rusher. That I was excited to see what Weaver could do as a technician at that position as a rotational pass rush guy. So, worst case scenario for the Titans is dude obviously did it. There's a video showing that he did it. They get a hold of it, the NFL gets a hold of it, and they have to cut him and he never sees the light of day as on the Titans roster. That would be worst case scenario. It would look the Titans look make the Titans look foolish again that their intel department, their scouting department did not have this information and know about this assault charge before the draft when other teams in the NFL did, according to Paul Koharski's reporting. So, that's worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario is, one, I'm 100% wrong about the situation that took place. The Titans, although being ignorant to what was going on and being blindsided, which they shouldn't have been, get lucky, and Weaver did not do any of this. He's completely clear, and the Titans get a productive fifth-round pick who can impact the pass rush next year, so that's best and worst case scenario for the Titans and the Rashad Weaver situation but more importantly than anything we just want the truth to come out so that we can proceed properly and then the next question I have here and the last one for this section is from Diego FCRJ on Twitter and I basically put out the mailbag tweet, and his comment was, why not OJ Howard? Well, as a man who, during the 2017 draft when the Titans selected Adoree Jackson, was standing next to my brother and my best friend, Devon, chanting, OJ, OJ. O.J. I wanted O.J. Howard on the Titans to go along with Corey Davis. Now, I'm happy ultimately that that did not work out. Jonu Smith was had just a little bit later and was able to blossom into a nice role with the Titans. O.J. Howard is coming off of an Achilles tear, I do believe, from last season. So there are some issues there. But if O.J. Howard is healthy, I would give up a sixth-round pick to get him in the building for one year and just see what happens. I, I mean, why not? Why not? If the Titans aren't going to go out and make a trade for like a Julio Jones or a Jamison Crowder or, you know, one of the wide receiver targets from Denver we talked about, from Arizona, from Chicago, if they're not going to do that, then you might as well upgrade one of tight end or wide receiver with a trade. And if OJ Howard can be had, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't. Kick the tires on that for a late round pick. And then as a response to that, my guy Tyler Chandler said, Why not Tebow? And no, no, no. But either way, he's on the Jaguars now. But a very fun interaction there. But that's going to do it for the first section of Mailbag Questions in today's Twitter Tuesday. We are going to move forward and I'm going to continue answering your guys' questions, including one question that I'm very interested to get into about the correlation between prospects who were available prior to the Titans drafting Des Fitzpatrick and wide receivers who they had in-person contact with. So excited to get into that conversation. Before we do, I want to remind you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online company that's been serving auto parts customers for over a 20 years. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to use. It's easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and get whatever you need delivered directly to your door in a few easy clicks. They have everything you need from edge control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. You can choose all the brand specifications and best of all prices that you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that i sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Okay, Titans fans, before we cap off this Twitter Tuesday, a couple reminders for you here. Check out the Locked On Today podcast after you're done with the Locked On Titans podcast hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. Get all of your biggest major sports stories in under 20 minutes, like having the sports section read to you. Check out the Locked On Today podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Also... Remember, the NFL schedule will be released on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I'm going to have full coverage for you throughout the last two days. Of the week. And speaking of the NFL schedule release, tomorrow's show, we are going to focus on the schedule release preview. I'm going to tell you what games I am most looking forward to seeing where they're slated and how the Titans could have the most advantageous schedule sequence based on who their opponents are for next year. So make sure that you don't miss any of my preview for the schedule release and any of my analysis from the schedule release by subscribing and following the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. But let's get back into your guys's questions. The first one we are going to start with in this second segment is from Titan Jake, and he said, did you watch SNL this weekend with host Elon Musk? I found the Jens Hospital skit very funny, brah, and unfortunately, Jake, no, I have not Gotten to watch that yet, but I plan on doing that this week. So I'll see if I have some takes for you to finish off one of the shows later on in the week after I watch. And then a hometown buddy, Drew Garrison. What's up, my guy? He said, I don't have a question. I'd just like to reserve a slot for you to slander JJ Watt and the Watt family. Be creative. So, first of all, Drew, um, good friend of mine, hilarious guy. Uh, A lot of great content over on his Twitter, at Drew underscore LRT. He is a Bengals fan, though, so a lot of the content is centered around that. But he is not a fan of J.J. Watt. He thinks his fame and all of his situations are contrived. He's a guy who really likes to show out for the camera. Quite frankly, I agree. And here's what I will say about J.J. Watt. When his free agency was going, we looked at all the teams that checked the boxes. Contender, good starting quarterback, uh, can win their division, blah, 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 all this. And he went with the biggest offer. So J.J. Watt is a money-hungry, fame-hungry, showy guy, always has been. And while he's very productive and has done a lot of good for a lot of people, he's self-absorbed, in my opinion. And I'm sticking to that. So that's all i got to say about that. Uh, Next, and here's a question I really wanted to get into, and it came from Trevor Risner, and he said, Can you confirm that they passed on any receivers in the first three rounds that they had in for an interview? I fully believe that after the Isaiah Wilson debacle, that they were intended to only take players that they were able to interview Scout in person. And I agree. And that's something that I mentioned earlier. And we saw six out of eight picks be from the senior bowl. That right there in itself, like I was talking, we know now that the Titans are always going to value that in-person conversation. This question for Trevor really comes from the fact that I don't like the Des Fitzpatrick pick. I've been very vocal about that, that the Titans didn't get a receiver in the first three rounds, and I think that is asinine unless they have some move for a veteran in the works, like a Julio Jones or a Jamison Crowder or Tim Patrick or something like that. So this question is coming from a place... Like that, like basically, we know that the Titans valued in-person conversations with these players, so is there anybody that they had an in-person conversation with that I think they should have taken before they took Des Fitzpatrick at 109? And yes, the answer is an easy yes. Number one, the Titans had pick 85. They could have taken Amari Rodgers from Clemson and not traded back with the Packers. That would have been a great pick, in my opinion, and the Titans had met with Amari Rodgers personally. So, boom, there's that. Next, Nico Collins, who I didn't like as a prospect personally, but I liked him better than Des Fitzpatrick, and he has more upside than Des Fitzpatrick, in my opinion. He went at pick 89, and the Titans definitely had in-person contact with Nico Collins on multiple occasions. That both those picks, Rodgers and Collins, if the Titans were willing to trade down and miss on those guys after talking to them in person, they must have really not liked them. But I like Amari Rodgers a lot, so we'll see what happens with that. I'll take Amari Rodgers over Des Fitzpatrick every day, all day, and twice on Sunday. Give me a break. Anyways, next, Anthony Schwartz. Now, Schwartz was a guy who's just straight-line burner, track speed, needed to develop as a wide receiver. But he got picked 91st, and... Compared to Des Fitzpatrick, I would have rather had the game-breaking speed on the outside. The Titans already have a big physical route technician style in A.J. Brown. They need somebody who can get down the field and open up things for the offense. And while Fitzpatrick has speed, he certainly doesn't have Anthony Schwartz speed. As Schwartz went to the Browns at pick 91, the Titans had plenty of opportunity to pick him at pick 85. Then... You have two guys who were taken in the 6th round who I still would have taken over Des Fitzpatrick. Number one, Demetrik Felton, who coincidentally went to the Browns as well, but some people see him as a running back. And then Frank Darby out of Arizona State. I would have taken Darby over Des Fitzpatrick. And the Titans met with him. So, that's frustrating for me. All of this is frustrating. None of it makes sense. Going up that high to take Fitzpatrick? Trading three picks to go up and get Fitzpatrick with Amon Ross St. Brown and Tylan Wallace on the board when you could have had Amari Rodgers at 85? I, I, just, I know you guys are tired of hearing me be negative about the Des Fitzpatrick pick, but I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Next question is from my guy, Colin Light. He said, likelihood of getting Julio Jones. I've been asked this question in a couple of different ways, and I think the last time I answered it, I said 5 to 10%, and I'm going to stick with that. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but I'm not going to say that it's anywhere close to likely either. Next question from Caleb Dyson. He said, your thoughts on trading for one of the bigger tight end names on the trading block and Julio. Do you think it's possible? Would it be too expensive both in draft capital and salary cap for your taste, and yes. If the Titans traded for Julio Jones, they're taking on $15 million this year. Taking on any of the tight ends that we talked about as trade targets, a David Njoku an OJ Howard, uh, maybe a Hayden Hurst, guys like that, they're all going to cost $6 million. And 15 plus 16, 21, that's pushing it for what the Titans could clear up. So I think the Titans can make one trade, not only in terms of salary cap, but also in terms of draft capital give up. They can make one trade for one pass catcher, whether it be a tight end or a wide receiver. I hope that it's a wide receiver. I hope, obviously, that it's Julio Jones. But either way, the Titans need some more help at the pass catcher position. So I think they have the, the ammo in their arsenal for at least one of those moves. Now, remember, I do always shout out the five-star reviews when you guys send them in. Now, I don't remember the last five-star review that I actually read. So, uh gonna give a shout out to Fat Boy Guar. Uh Love the show. Best out there for real. Great, honest takes. Except the stupid Houston take. Forget Earl Campbell and the great Oiler Titan, Bruce Matthews, and many more. Let's get it. Kind of a backhanded compliment there, but I'll take it. I get people do not like my Houston Oilers take. I get it. I get it. It is what it is. I'm just going to be honest with you guys all the time. I'm not going to change my opinions because people get mad at me. That's just not how I'm going to do things here. Uh, Next, MTSU Nate again. I don't know if I read this one yet, but... uh double shout-outs for five-star reviews. I don't think that's a terrible idea anyway. Tyler does an excellent job providing insightful content daily. My favorite part is him sharing the business side of operations. Perfect for my daily commute. I listen to it daily. Is very responsive to questions and comments. Keep up the great work. Thank you, MTSU Nate. Next, we have Let's Get It. Just want a smoothie. I could go for a smoothie right now as well. He said, It's hard to find good Titans content, much less on a daily basis. Tyler provides unmatched game and film breakdowns during the season. This is the best place to get a... Analysis on the business aspects of the team in the offseason. Living outside Nashville, this podcast is how I keep up to date on all things Titans tighten up. Love that. Just want a smoothie. Thank you. I love keeping keeping out of town people up to date because, hey, that's how I got here. Uh, next, Dyson and Slicin. Tyler knows best when it comes to Tennessee Titans knowledge. Tyler's in a league of his own. That is a very nice compliment. Thank you. Uh, his show is very informative, but better than that. He brings energy to the show. woo always. You guys know me by now. Uh, His thoughts are well organized and he runs like a well-oiled machine. Uh, Maybe bad timing to say that comment when I'm off the rails right now in a mailbag segment but I definitely do appreciate it. I try. He is a fun listen and highly recommended by me. Thank you, Dyson and Slicing, And then finally, from TPJSBPP4I Alphabet Soup. Love this guy. Very insightful and best all-around podcast for the Tennessee Titans. Tighten up. Tighten up to you guys as well. Thank you so much. I do appreciate all the support. I'm very excited for the schedule release, excited for my preview tomorrow, excited for the analysis that comes after. I'm going to be doing a video reacting to the Titans schedule release as I've been doing lately. Make sure that you follow me on social media on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, on Facebook at Locked On Titans Pod, so you can check out that video content. My Dylan Raiden's film breakdown is still up on social media as well, so make sure that you guys go check that out if you do have time. But that's going to do it for me today, as always. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.